This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Let's go, boys and girls. How are you? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sherapan, Matt Peralt, props.com on Twitter as well. As we go deep today, Dave, we got hockey, we got basketball, but I got to start with your Sixers. What happened? Yesterday, where did that come from, my friend? Tyrese Maxi, baby. They were chanting Maxi, Maxi. It's one of those things, right? You sit in the book, you take bets. It's one and a half. It's two. Uh oh. And beat ain't playing. It's four, four and a half. Hard ain't playing. It's five, five and a half, six. All the way up to eight. You take bets all the way up the ladder. And then the Sixers go win the game. <laughs> 113-106 against the Heat, who were playing everybody. Jimmy Butler played. I mean, it's supposed to be just a, a, a show up and win for the Heat. It's crazy. I mean, the NBA is crazy. It's hard. It's so, so hard to beat. Um, I don't know. I that that actually was great for the Sixers. Mm. That was actually good for every guy in that team. I think including Embiid and Harden, because Embiid got the night off. And Harden got to sit there and say, okay, I need to be a part of this. Not, I, I need to add to this, not take away from this. So I loved it. I, I, I didn't see the game live, but I saw the highlights and I was like, oh, this NBA playoffs is going to be fantastic. I don't know how much I'll bet it, to be honest. I think I just oh. may watch it. I may in-game bet it, but I don't know how much pre-game betting I'm going to make. Just given yesterday was wild. We'll get to the Cavs later. You know, Boston, everyone expected them to lay down. Nope. <laughs> All they, they do is win and blow people out. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't lay down back to back. Doesn't matter. We're going to go kick the hell out. No, you know, they sat two, two, two of their starters as well and didn't matter. Wouldn't blow them out. I mean, it's, it's a weird deal. You're watching the, you're wearing the Nuggets hat, hat today. I don't know what to do with the Nuggets. I, some nights I think the Nuggets are unbelievable. Some nights I think they're totally average. Some nights I think they need to get healthy and get all their guards back and they can make a run for the championship if they do with Jokic. And other nights I'm like, I don't care who they give to Jokic for help. It's not going to be enough. They're not, they don't have enough to, to handle what at them from the West. I mean, Utah is a team I can't figure out. I mean, really hard to bet on the NBA. Oh, it always is, but it's now just, you know, when you got like 10 games left, you think you might have a handle on it. You don't have a handle on it. There's no, there's no handle on anything right now in the mm-hmm. NBA. Um, yeah. Denver's an interesting choice tonight. I, I, I don't know yet. Um, and it's so funny because like we do the show 10 a.m. Pacific and then you see stuff throughout the day. When it got to game time, I was actually on the Lakers. I was like, mm-hmm. I was said this one. I saw the beginning of that game, and I was like, oh, LeBron wants to stick it to everybody in Cleveland right now. He was so motivated last night. I was like, oh, this is double, double, triple, double. Maybe he 
The Lakers don't play no defense, though, and, and, and Cleveland really wasn't either. Inside the paint was just a, it was a free lane to the basket, and I was like, oh, boy, this is, uh, this is one of those things. I don't know. I mean, maybe when AD comes back, the Lakers are going to make some noise and be able to, to put it together. I'll fall for it a little bit when I saw Russell Westbrook smiling and, you know, giving the ball to LeBron and everything kind of working, but they can't beat a good team. They, they, they can beat a mediocre team. They ain't beating a good teams. Mm-mm. More on the NBA in a little bit. Let's start with kind of a golf topic that I think it's one that is being talked about a lot this morning in the golf, in the betting world. Bill Mickelson is out from the Masters. Now, there's a lot of reasons around this. Phil is saying that he's going to spend time focusing on a golf tournament that he is helped to, helping to organize, mm-hmm. and that's why he's not going to play in the tournament. There are loud rumors about Phil and we've known about Phil and betting for a long time that he might have some things going on in his personal life from a betting perspective that may not have gone well. And that's mm-hmm. why he was entertaining the Saudis offer as aggressively as he was. Now we don't know only Phil Mickelson knows his personal situation, but from a handle perspective, no tiger, no Phil, how big of a hit could this be for the books? Well, I mean, when tiger played in it, it doubled it, tripled it. I mean, it was just, it was huge. And Phil won't be that it, him not playing in it. I mean, there'll be, you know, some token, you know, disinterest, I guess, be, but he's not a threat to win it. So minimal, it doesn't mean much. Um, as far as the entertainment and the theater, of course, you know, if you would put those two together with somebody, I think you would get a lot of eyeballs on it, mm-hmm. but um, as far as handle, it won't affect it. Listen, golf betting is going going up and up and up every single week. These these new markets are really doing a great job with it. Do the books agree with that? By the way, what do the books agree? So I, I you know what I do off the air for for for, for the company and, and different conversations that, that that I'm having with different sports books around the country, and that is a that is a question that I'm being asked. What do I see the future of betting on golf to be? And I keep on telling people, I think it's monster and I'm not receiving the most positive like affirmation agreement from people in the betting industry. What, what's oh, yeah. your, what's your look on the future of golf betting? Oh, they're definitely not going to say that it's going to increase because how many people golf? Like, you know, I mean, there's not a lot, you have to invest a lot of time to watch golf, mm-hmm. but I think as betting becomes more popular, listen, they said the same thing about UFC a couple of years ago. And I was sitting in the books going, I'm, I'm watching it guys every day, every week, when there's a big event, it's bigger than a big boxing event. Mm-hmm. And when it's, when it's big, big, you know, those events in Vegas, when John Jones fought a couple of times in Vegas, it was handled like NFL level handle. Mm-hmm. Like it was gigantic. So masters golf. I saw it last last couple of years in the risk room. I mean, like me and, and uh, Rich Zanko, you know, he was our golf guy at CG. We kept saying, this is incredible. I mean, it got easier. What a lot of people don't understand is as the volume increases, it actually gets easier to book because you can do more. Look at what Circus ah, doing. Okay. They want to increase, they, they increase limits with volume. They hold less and they can offer better prices. Ask those guys how the golf betting is going. It's pretty good. And they have to offer, I mean, they don't have to, they choose to offer prices you can't get anywhere else because they're getting more and more action. So I'd push back and say like, yeah, golf, golf betting is big. I don't know if you can be as big as it was when Tiger was at his heyday. So I don't know what you're comparing it to. Golf is, they have to get some stars and some marketability to, you know, these guys, I mean, 
they're great at what they do. And some of these tournaments are coming down to a playoff almost every week. Top 10 finishes and mm-hmm. bets and stuff are coming down top 20. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's there, but I mean it's gonna take time. It's not gonna it's not gonna be one of the four major sports yet. Yeah. But it's gonna, I mean, you know, I don't think if you're not a golfer, and you know, now I would classify you as a golfer if you're gonna mm-hmm. take this thing and you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna bet it more now because you're back playing and hitting balls. I guarantee it. Well, I've well, yes, there's two reasons for that. Yes, you're right. But the other thing is that there are two sports that I have decided to try to commit myself to be more competitive or better at. Baseball and golf are the two sports oh, that boy. I'm I'm starting to really try to be oh, more. Boy. Yeah. So starting with the Masters and starting on opening day. So basically come April, my 45th birthday is coming up on April 4th. And that's 4-4. 4-4. 4-5. 4-4. 4-5 on 4-5. 4-4. Four, 4-5 four, 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 on 4-4. Four, four, excuse me. Um, so I'm going to be more into like I want to do more strikeout prop betting this year. Oh, boy. I want to do more first run. No. Yes. Oh boy. Betting. Now we're getting, now we're getting crazy. This is no, I did it last year. I just didn't get into it till the end of the year. I got into it right around like July is when I really started getting into the yes, no runs in the first inning Mm -hmm. and golf has always been this very tricky. I used to bet a lot of head to heads, but I wasn't as successful as I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. head to heads like i was basically i think i was hitting at like 45 percent head to head so i was losing money and it wasn't it wasn't working and i was like okay let's stop doing that that's not working <laughs> so i i, I want to find another angle or another way that you know i don't think i mean i know the 50 to ones the 40 to ones the 30 to ones i, I get the whole idea of like f- grabbing five golfers and projecting what they're going to be but it still feels like a lottery ticket to me it's part of the problem with golf wagering is no one is accurate to the point where you're like oh my gosh because if you hit a 30 to one you don't need to hit a, i need to hit another one for like two months like right you're good right so like if you go one for nine on your golf tournament betting picking an outright winner but the one time you hit an, you hit an outright winner is a 50 to one that you nail that's good like that right so yeah it's difficult. I think even from a content standpoint, I think it's a difficult conversation for people to get into because I think if an, an average golfer, gambler, whatever comes into the game, comes into the space for the first time and, and he's losing or she's losing for eight, nine weeks before the 10th week comes and you hit, it's a lot of losing. You got to get it in and, and it's weeks on week on weeks on weeks and you go one for 10, but that one hit covers all of your losses that's hard for a kid, for a casual that, that that's hard for someone who has a small bankroll to take the punishment, believing that eventually you're going to hit. It's pain. It's nothing but pain. It's yeah. it's not fun. It's I, that's why people don't do it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard. And like, that's why these top tens, top twenties. I mean, we were just sitting with, uh, with Rob, you know, mm-hmm. beating the bookie. He likes to do the first round leader and, and you know, spray a couple different ways there. Mm-hmm. He said, that's more, you only have to be good for one day versus four. Right. So you have a lot of different, you know, people kind of giving you ways to bet it. Dubsy has a way to bet it. He likes to make the cut. He looks at different guys to make the cut. So he looks at course history mm-hmm. and he looks at how many times, you know, if they've had success there and then you can find really good prices. I mean, Gabe told me about Sergio Garcia at the players he made 17 straight cuts. The price was minus 170. 
that he was going to make the cut. Of course, he made the cut even in the water and the, and the rain and the delays and stuff. So there's ways to find to keep the churn going. But to hit an outright, I mean, you have to have a lot of things go right in a golf tournament to hit an outright. And even then, I don't know if it's – I mean, it is a hell of a sweat. When you have something coming down to Sunday – I mean, I'll never forget, you know, and we talk about it this when Danny Willett won the Masters. I mean, we were all on it. And I mean, I had guys like picking up bags of money. There was no bigger sweat than that one as far as golf betting because they had prices that didn't exist 200 to 1, 175, mm. 150. And he won the Masters and it was like, um, we're going to have to do it over multiple days. Does anybody else want to go and help me pick this stuff up? It was big. Wow. It was really big. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I think golf betting in game has a monster future, but we're nowhere near where we're going to be or nowhere near where we need to be from a latency standpoint and just an overall available market standpoint. Like we, I, I think there's going to be some books that might look to offer more aggressive in game where next hole drive fairway, rough hit the green two putt, three putt type of wagering in game. But it's so fast. It's so difficult because yeah. the latency is so brutal that, you know, you're talking what we were talking about at the Super Bowl. It's a minute, minute and a half latency in golf. That's not as big of a deal, not like basketball or hockey, but it's still a significant amount of time between shots in between when you can make a bet and when the books are taking wagers. So yeah. once there's a lot of things that will be fixed once we fall, solve a lot, a lot of this latency speed problems when it comes to live wagering, but golf in game, I still think has a monster future. I just, I, I wonder unless we have that breakthrough and that's why I asked about tiger and Phil, because at least it brings the casual, it brings the name recognition. If Phil Mickelson didn't contention, or at least like Freddie couples every couple of years is, you know, near the leaderboard or near the top of the leaderboard. People are like, Oh, it's Freddie. Could, could Freddie do it at 50, whatever he is 60 years old. Could he win right. the masters? It's the only tournament that's played every single season at the same golf course. So the, the handicapping is much easier for the masters. You can look at their course history. You can look at where they finished, how they're playing, how they're striking the ball. And so people obviously love get in, get into it. It's the first big event. It's kind of like NASCAR where the, you know, arguably the biggest event is their first one. Not the first, yeah. It's not their first tournament. Like it is with NASCAR. It's their first ever event of the season with NASCAR, but this is definitely, you know, it's the biggest major. It's the biggest tournament of the year for a lot of people and feel that because of the time of year. Mm. And I mean, a lot of people are just doing their own thing in the summer, like during football season, Sundays, they've, they've, they've owned Sundays for 50 years. Betting final round golf betting is tough because I think golf viewership is down because tiger's gone. The casual is not watching nearly as much. Um, it's hard to continue to, you know, there's not a dominant guy that's bringing somebody in and it's summertime. You got stuff to do with the kids. You use Sunday to do different things because during football season, you don't it's Sunday, you're watching football. The betters are. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, do you think that has something to do with like the lack of handle? Well, I think part of the, also the reason is that if you're a real big golfer, you golf on Sundays, right? I mean, that's another thing that, yeah. If you look at it, if you go to a golf course, look at the average age on a Sunday. I mean, there's a lot of people like when I was in the South, what would often happen is that guys would have their standing tee times at their, at their courses, at their clubs at like seven thirty, eight thirty, nine thirty. They would go and play. 
and they would get done around 1230 or one. And then they would normally go to, to church or mass or wherever with the family and then go to Sunday dinner. Right now, where are they watching golf during that? Like their day is booked. Like that's it. (laughs) That's there's nowhere you're not spending time in front of a TV set. So that's just sort of, and that's an older person's life. I mean, that's not someone who's 25 doing that. That's someone who's like 55 doing that or 60 doing that. So it's an older person's life doing that. But that golf, it has the same problem that a lot of sports are having is how do you attract the younger audiences to pay attention to your sport? Cause they're the lifeblood golf and baseball are both kind of on the similar track right now of like older older men who are watching it and they're trying to teach the game to the young kids and the kids are like wait i gotta spend how much time yeah. four hours of so outside with you no <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not i'm not doing it can i bring my phone no um right can i bring like like a game console no um yeah that's not something that i'm really interested in paying attention to and being a part of so golf has tried to but like do you play nine holes right i mean baseball has said do you right. play seven innings do you do, do you you know do how do you speed up the game you know do you have a clock now there's gonna be a pitch clock coming to major league baseball in 2023 yes. there's been this big push for golf to have a golf clock essentially like if someone's taking a really long time they have to be forced to play faster which is really got, annoying when you're golfing when someone in front of you is taking a really long time that one correct but it's down. also really distracting and annoying if you're a slow player and someone comes and tells you to play faster like oh, that's, that's also definitely, i've seen that literally shake someone yeah immediately yep so you start getting all like okay 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 and it totally changes your rhythm and changes yep. every the way you're playing and it causes a problem for you so you I mean and frankly golf like you mentioned sundays collapses happens all the time <laughs> like you got right. guys <laughs> four stroke leads you know, I, I, where were we? We were somewhere. We were watching a golf tournament recently. It was like a guy had a four-stroke lead. We were, we were on the phone or something, and I was, it was like there were six guys and the players. So like six guys behind. Guy had a four-stroke lead on the eighth hole, and it was like this guy's going to blow this. Right. Like he's going to, and he blew it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he blew it because it was just yep. one hole went bogey birdie, and then it was bogey bogey. And I went birdie birdie next two holes, and all of a sudden it's tied, and you know away we go with it. So. Yep. Golf betting, I think, has a bright future. I just don't know where it is at the moment, even though I love watching and playing and betting on it. I, I, I wonder where we're going to be. Who is the next big superstar crossover athlete for golf? Because right now, they don't really have one. Speed didn't do it. He kind of crossed over. JT, kind of. Dustin Johnson, kind of. There's big names in golf, in golf circles. There's not monster names outside of golf circles. And that's what, the problem is Tiger you know, set that standard, man. It's, it's never going to, ne- we'll never see it again. I, I mean, see it again. in our life, we'll never see yeah. another Tiger Woods because it was in our, in our parents' generation. That was, you know, Arnie and Jack, right? We, we had Phil and Tiger, right? They'll be the next, but it will be in, you know, when you and I are much older <laughs> and it's, it will be, that's when those guys, they'll be the next, you know, iteration, but it's not, it's not there at the moment. All right. So the Colts make a big trade yesterday. Supposedly, <laughs> the Niners were offered two second-round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo, and they and they have not pulled the trigger on it yet. A third-round pick is all that was needed for Matt Ryan to be sent from the from the Col- uh, sorry the Falcons to the Colts. Mm-hmm. What is going on in the AFC? It's just are, are, are <laughs> it's we only gonna race. are we only gonna play in one just one conference? Like, like that's it. We're just gonna have like. Are you are you guys trying to give Tom Brady the championship in the NFC? Like, what are you like? What are Wait we doing? Second. What are you talking about? The Packers are going to win. What are you talking okay, about? 
Okay, sure. Without Devontae Adams, tip of the cap. Best of luck to you. Oh, my goodness. Everyone's in the AFC. This is turning into not just, you know, the NFL. It's just the AFC. Like, anybody want to play in the NFC? Does this make the Colts a viable candidate for, uh, like, a playoff run to you? Of course they do. Yes. A hundred percent. Are you nuts? No, I don't think I'm nuts at all. Pat Ryan throw the ball? Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. move the odds at all. I'd let him bet it. Well, that's fine. I, because what, what are the odds with Carson Wentz? I don't move the odds much. Carson Wentz versus Matt Ryan. I don't think it moves the odds. But they're a much better football team. Ooh. Much better. Much, they, much better. Much better football move, team. I mean, like, it's it's Bills and Chiefs, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And and then what? Like, oh, Then it's a whole... There's a lot of question marks. I mean, what do the Ravens look like? Okay. Where are they? I don't know. What do the Patriots look like? I don't know. Where are they? Better than the Patriots now in your eyes? What? Are the Colts better than the Patriots in your eyes right now? Huh? No. Trent Brown coming back is a monster deal for the Patriots. Are the Colts better than the Chargers in your mind? It's a great question. Are the Colts better than the Chargers? Yeah, uh, no, they're not. No, Chargers defense been reworked. I like their defense. No, they're not. How about the Broncos? Russell Colts are better than Colts are better than the Broncos. The Colts are better than the Broncos with Russell Wilson there. Right, right now, yes, yes, right now. We'll see what the teams look like, but right now, yes, I would take the Colts. That offensive line in that running game is ridiculous for the Colts. Okay. I, I, I believe in that Jonathan Taylor. I believe so, in Nelson. Colts, I believe in an offensive line. Are the Colts better than the Titans right now with that? Moment? Yes. So they're the favorite to win the division. They should be, in my mind. They're not. I'm betting. I'll bet them to win the division. <laughs> Same odds, actually. Okay. Same odds. Division winners right now. Ryan Tannehill's got to be shook. Plus 120, plus 120. He's, Tannehill's got to be shook right now. I mean, the playoffs... The fact that the team is entertaining ideas of drafting a quarterback, like they're not all in on Ryan Tannehill. He's, his job is, is hanging on by a thread right now. Hmm. And I think that matters in the way they play. Derrick Henry's injuries are going to mount and keep going. Guy runs too, too hard, likes contact too much to stay off the injured list. Julio did make a monster difference on the Titans, but he made a difference on the Titans. You still have Brown clearly one of the best wideouts in the entire Game still a very good defensive line, but a secondary that got torched in the postseason and got torched in big games. Still don't love that. And I think this, I mean, what if Julio Jones goes to the Colts? Okay. Do you like it? I mean, he hasn't been in anywhere close to what he was. I don't, I mean, it's it's a nice comfort level, you know, maybe, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I don't think that's big as big of an impact as. Well, I mean, it wouldn't move anything for me. It wouldn't even move the meter at all. So, is is are the Colts better than Cleveland right now? No, no. Okay, so we named five teams in the NFC where you said no, or the AFC. Yeah, but if you win the division, you get to make the playoffs. Okay. I mean, so it's not they don't have to be a wild card team. It's win the division, right? <laughs> it's the problem with the South is that the South is really bad. So. I think the Colts can win the South with Matt Ryan, a hundred percent. Good home field, good defense. I I like a quarterback who's going to hand the ball off and not make mistakes. 
Matt Ryan is not going to make the Carson Wentz mistakes. He's not oh, going to make for sure. He's not going to make does. the stupid. He's not going to make the really stupid throw. He's not going to make. He's not going to run with the ball and fumble. Okay, he's Can't at the end of no more. He's at the end of his career. Okay, so yes. he's going to make the right decisions. This is his last hurrah, and I actually think change of scenery for him is going to be huge. He's not yeah. going back to 2016. Okay, he's not going back to an MVP type year. Not throwing for 40 touchdowns. I'm not saying Thank any of that. You said that. People but are talking about that, like whoa, whoa, but, whoa, 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 hold. On. But I do think this guy has something left in the tank, and I do think to get him for a third round pick is a steal. It's a steal. Yeah, I mean the value of, of what you got to give up, I guess, is is nice. But who gets a job first, Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield? Ooh. I guess Jimmy G, but man, what's going on? Like now, if the Niners are turning down multiple second round picks for Garoppolo, they are being idiotic given the, the they're not reading the market properly. Jimmy G's got a big hit next year financially on them. I think he's got 26 million they owe him next year. So what do you do with a guy you don't want? And you made it pretty clear you don't want. Your head coach does not want. I mean, and you're seeing the market for a Matt Ryan being a third round pick. You better just take whatever you're getting offered. Right. If anybody comes in with a sixth round pick, you say, yep, thank you. You're taking the contract, all you. So what are they left with otherwise? Maybe they bring him back. Oh, my. Then you got Trey Young versus Jimmy G again. Right. You got whole. Well, that's an awkward situation. That's not what anybody wants. Not in San Francisco. It's a big problem. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, their defense is so good. I mean, they were just in the NFC championship and they don't have a quarterback. Everyone else does. It's so bizarre. Like, I, I don't know what to make of that. And then as far as Baker, man, whew, he's going to end up where he's going to, I mean, Marcus Mariota went to Atlanta. That's going to be a circus. That's going to be phenomenal. Theater. But they want to tank. Yeah. They want to lose. I mean, that's pretty clear what, yes. what Atlanta's doing. Atlanta's going for the number one pick next year. That's Woo! Just, yeah. Yeah. That's the season win under right there. Yes. What they're yeah. doing. They're throwing uh, their hands up and saying we're done. Yeah. Which James is fine. I mean, that's Saints. I don't know if that's good. I like that personally. I, I like that move. I like James going back to the Saints. I don't think it wins them more games, but I just like it. I think it's it's a good marriage. Right. Back in the yeah. division. And Baker's going to end up where? Seattle? I have no idea. Backing up somebody. Oh, man. I think he's going to wind up backing somebody up. I think he's going to be a security deposit or a security blanket for somebody who's going to be out there. Ooh. I mean, it's going to be a big ego hit. Tell you that. I mean, he's going to have to suck it up and deal with it and go out there and compete. I mean, you know, it, if I were the problem with Baker is I, I'm trying to think whose game, whose offense would it make sense for him to come in and be the backup? Raiders. Like, where? Raiders. Why? I don't know. Just somewhere to go. The reason why I say I hesitate like that is only because do you bring in a guy who is known for being a little bit difficult? as a backup quarterback with a first year head coach in a quarterback, trying to learn the offense. I don't know. I mean, he would, I mean, Derek Carr wouldn't be, I don't think Derek Carr would be really like threatened by it, but 
I don't know. It has to, it's such that that's why he has, that's why no one's going and getting him because there's no real natural place for him to wind up. Like right. a part of me is like Miami was like, put him with the dolphins or potentially put him somewhere in the NFC. That would make sense. I mean, Seattle, I guess would be the last spot where he would start. He would go and I don't know if Seattle wants him. I don't think they do. It doesn't sound like it. Or they would have gone and gotten him. So, and then, the, I mean, the Browns can't be thinking about hanging on to him, which would be insane. Well, I mean, if if uh, Watson's going to be suspended six games, if they can afford it, why could not? you imagine that? How do you suck that? Oh, that's that's a tough ask. Hey, by the way, Watson's out for six games. You're going to play for us for six games, and then he's the starter. Work your ass off all training camp. Learn the playbook. Get ready to go knowing what's going to happen, that you've been the starter. And then the other problem is what happens if you're five and one? That's fantastic. I want to see that. What if happens? I'm Baker, if I would love that. What happens if you're five and one? Yeah, Take me out. Go ahead. <laughs> take me out. I'll go get a job somewhere else. It don't matter. You know, I mean, this is his opportunity. If that happens, right. It's a great opportunity for him. He's got six games with, you know, with a to team prove with his career expectations to, Turn all of this negative stuff around. I'm healthy. I'm good. We're five and one. You take me out. Good luck, Stefanski. Bring in this other guy. Go ahead. See you later. I love it. Boy, oh boy, is that something. Yep. I mean, th- that that's one of those situations where I like it. I mean, I'm I but still, that's oh boy. <laughs> I mean, you got to understand, like, you know, I don't know if you talk to, to Deshaun Watson at all in the hallways. I don't know if you, you can get along because, you know, he's taking your job. I mean, or you just approach it like, look, man, I know you're the guy here. They just right. went and gave you all the money, but I got six games to play. So I'm going to play and, hmm. you know, we'll see what happens. But he's playing for the next deal. Yeah. Matt, take a look at the at the stream, if you could, and let me know if we're, if our voices aren't matching up with the camera. That was a fear that we had. I'm using a new camera, so I had a little bit of a fear. People were saying that it's not, it's probably me, not Dave, because Dave's camera is, the old camera is always used. So I'm using a new camera, and we may need to troubleshoot this a little bit. On the audio side, like if you're listening on the podcast side, you'll never see it. But if you're watching the video side of it, it may have gotten worse. So let's just, it's just maybe for just today, and we'll fix it for tomorrow, but we're still learning a little bit how to use these new cameras as to it's been a little bit of a concern just because I've had other issues with, with lag with no, my audio. It's, it's lagging a little bit, but it's it my connection. It's not your, um, camera. Oh, so, oh. um, it's being captured properly. So, uh, everything will be fine later, but the stream right now live, there's a bit of an audio lag. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. So thank you. Also, oh, we're both a little bit off. Okay. So there you go. There, th- th- That's part of the issue. So apologies, but that's the internet and who knows? Yesterday, Apple got attacked. So who knows? Maybe it's the same type of gremlins who, who are <laughs> yeah, in I'll, the... I'll, Apple I'll got attacked right yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Russian Matt, thing. <laughs> Matt, Matt tried to send me a text and it took like, it, it never went through. It was like 30 minutes to get through and then finally went through after the fact. So... Ooh. uh so it is a little bit. So we apologize. Thank you for sticking with us, guys. So we'll, but you can just listen. Don't pay attention to our mouths. Uh, Tim says Baker to San Francisco because they were injury prone. Both players go get hurt, but compete for titles. 
I don't know. Baker to San Francisco? That doesn't seem plausible. They've got two quarterbacks. They want to see what they got in Trey Young, not the other way around. So, I look, I, I think the NFL is wild right now, given the number of quarterbacks moving around and the chance. And then we have the draft coming up at the end of April. Yeah. Did you see this story that Kenny Pickett's hand has grown since the combine? <laughs> no. So Kenny Pickett has been doing hand stretches. Oh. And his hand has now grown one eighth of an inch. Whoa. Did you know that you could do hand stretches? <laughs> you could stretch your hand Mm-mm. an eighth of an inch. Nope. This is something I have never heard of before. And this seems to be like, remember when Kyler Murray was measured for his height at the combine and they didn't push his hair down. <laughs> they, they went from the oh. top. Of, they went from the top of his hair <laughs> and they didn't push his hair down. <laughs> this is what this feels like to me is, is like, th- th- this is really, really dumb that this is actually how they're, that we're actually having these conversations about someone's hand size and his hand is one eighth larger than it was at the combine. <laughs> I can't help but laugh. I'm sorry. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. It's such bullshit. (laughs) It's so dumb. It's the dumbest thing. I saw it on the rundown. I said, his hand grew. What are you talking about? I mean, that's fantastic. Listen, anything you got to do. How do you do hand stretches? How does that work? How do you, like, what is the stretch you do to make your hand grow an eighth of an inch? That Like, you got to, like, stretch it out to make it grow. I don't know. Probably hurts a little. I would have to, right? Right. I mean, yeah, you stretch out all your fingers and then have ligaments, them pull them apart and pulling your joints apart and ligaments oh, apart. I have eighth no. of an inch is nothing. I mean, it's like it's, but I don't in want the, to discuss inches right now. Man. <laughs> inches, eighth of an inch can mean the difference between a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? True. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. If you're an NFL GM, great. You can be. All up and in that. Like, is this what's going to go on for the next month? Are we going to yes. hear about this crap and all yes. this stuff? And like, I'm telling you, the draft is the absolute worst in the book because like that'll move on. Like someone will bet. Oh, well, now his hand's bigger, so they're going to draft him. And it's going to come down. It's nuts. I, I I don't know. I didn't know about the Kyler Murray thing either. They measured him from the top of his head yeah. to give him an extra inch. So maybe he could move up two spots. It only means like a million dollars or $2 million if he get drafted. I mean, he was the first pick in the draft still, but that, yeah. that was the, when I was doing my radio show, the guys from our lads came on and this, the guy who runs it is a former NFL scout, worked for the Steelers, worked for the Packers, has been in oh. front offices, has been in war rooms. Like the guy's extremely experienced and he broke that on my radio show. He Ooh. said, Matt, I can tell you right now that Kyler Murray was measured from the top of his hair, not the top of his scalp. <laughs> and they did not like Kyler Murray that they, they had him ranked below several quarterbacks who were available. They thought he was obviously a top 15 pick, but they didn't think he was the number one pick overall. And that was one of the reasons why his, his height. And we've seen it. His height has proven to be problematic at times in the, in, in the league. Now he's still an extremely talented quarterback, who wants a lot of money from the Cardinals? <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's. Did the you combine. see a video of that kid that went down with the knee injury at the at the combine, and nobody kind of even made it like they didn't even make a big deal about it. he was doing the shuttle thing, like yeah. drop back, drop back, drop back. Oh, went down, probably blew his ACL out. They were like, all right, just get him out of here and get the next kid up. Like there was no. I saw it and I was like, Man, wow, this is just a meat market. Like if you've yep. ever seen it now, they're just literally measuring people from this inch to here yep. to this inch. It's, 
You see the pictures of Brady from back in the day when he was there. He looked like a malnourished kid. Look at like, Mac Jones from a year ago. He looked like a little kid in those <laughs> Look at Mac Jones. I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of 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 you know the, the quarterback is the one position where you can look like that and no one really gets all like <laughs> squirrely. But yeah, I mean that's it's the underwear Olympics. It's what it is. It's just <laughs> It's terrible. It's terrible. It's absolutely oh. terrible. So, all right, let's go to the association. You mentioned the LeBron James 38 points last night. Blows my parlay. We mentioned about this. Bruins come back, beat the Canadians three to two. Celtics led wire to wire against the OKC Thunder. Never a question in that game. And then the Cavaliers couldn't get out here. Couldn't go in with this. What do, you, what do we do with the Lakers now? Is I mean, they were, I'm one and two over the last three games betting against them. Do we keep fading them or is it time to, pre- to press, the, press the pause button a bit before you, you fade them anymore? It's a game-to-game basis. I mean, you got to wait and see. But uh, um, they play Philadelphia tomorrow night in L.A. Um, the early indications are that our guys, Mo and Maddie at WinBet, have already – well, they haven't put the lines up. They put them up at DraftKings already. It's five and a half. The Sixers are five and a half on the road. Probably look to take the Lakers in that spot, getting those points. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be, you know, again, game to game. You got to see at the beginning. You can see it like at the beginning of games. Their first quarters have been an indicative of the result. They've been getting blown out in first quarters. They don't come back. It's done. They they competitive in the first quarter. They keep the game close and, you know, things start to go. It's weird because usually with, you know, one of the best all-time players ever in history. That shouldn't matter. But there's nights where it looks like LeBron gets so frustrated. He's just like, give me the ball. I'll just get behind. I don't care what you guys are doing. Like nobody's helping here. But I don't know. Do you do you do you want to blanket like play against them or on them the rest of the way? I think this is the most one of the most schizophrenic teams in the NBA. Now, I mean, I think they were an absolute fade for a really long oh, time. A couple of weeks, it was easy money. Yeah, you just literally just bet against them. When we were talking about it, you know, yeah, on the show. But I, now I, can't, I think it's mm. now it's no, now it's I'm pressing the pause button and I'm definitely waiting to see. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be as adamant to fade them as I was. Right. I was, I was pretty adamant for a ways to fade them, and now, you know, I'm more. I'm more or less saying no, <laughs> that I'm, I'm I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable doing it. Did you see what's been going on? I I normally I don't miss like the hot team when it comes to the ATS. I especially when it gets to double digits. Have you been noticing what the Pistons have been doing ATS? Oh my goodness, Gabe, Cam, and I have been on them every day. It's been awesome, and it finally crashed and burned yesterday. Yeah, but my goodness, I mean like. Just one of those things that you can't get the number right in the room. And we, we've been talking about it nonstop because they've been mostly dogs. They were favored by nine and a half last night. It was so. It like was what so, the hell was that? They were a dog in every other game yeah. going back to the 20, uh, sorry, the 16th of February. Yep. When this, when this streak began on the road at the Celtics is when this streak began for them. Yep. They had covered or pushed every game before last night, and they were a dog in every single one of those games. Fantastic. They were 13-0 and 1 yep. ATS going into this. And like this is just a bad miss by me. I never I didn't pay attention to this at all. And then they were favored by nine and a half last night, and they lost by four. 
Yeah. They, to, what the hell is that? Who wasn't playing anybody. <laughs> Was one of those. It was one of those ones that's supposed to be an easy check mark on the parlays. You just throw Detroit in and like, oh, you know, Portland can't cover. Portland can't win. They're not trying. Half the team was out. They literally had a G League squad in, um, and the game started. And you know, Cam was on them, and we just kept watching the score. They had a terrible start. Like, terrible. They were down eighteen points early. They came all the way back, and then as fate would have it, you know, they don't they don't uh, win the game. But no, man, there's I mean, like these there's these things that happen in the NBA at this time of year where teams like that, it's probably not getting any betting. There's no there's no volume on any of those games, and you keep putting the lines up and you keep making them dogs because it's the Pistons. They have 50 losses already. Okay, so. Yeah, sorry I didn't tell you, but yeah, we've been talking about him for at least. Yeah, I missed the boat weeks. on that. That was that was I was like I paid attention to that yesterday, and I was like, wait, what's going on with the Pistons? Yeah, and so I started paying attention to them. I was like, I almost got involved in game, and I was like, eh, I'm gonna wait. And then they lost the game outright, and I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, wait, they were nine and a half point favorites. I was yeah, like, when was when was the last time they were a favorite? The last time they were a favorite before last night was a long time ago on the 8th of January. They were one point favorites against Orlando. Yeah. That's the last time they were favorites so far this year. They've been favored. Let's see. They've been favored three, three times, 10 times. Yeah. Three times less than five times. Yeah. Favored three times all year. And last night was when they were on a, (laughs) on a crazy streak ATS. It was like the books were like, screw you guys. We're just, I'm I'm throwing up nine and a half. Let's let's see you guys all lay this. Go ahead. Lay the nine and a half and see what happens. Well, that's what we talked about. Like Sunday when we were all together, Um, this is Celtics. You just have to just make the line something ridiculous and hope you get a bet on the other side because they keep winning. Nobody bet Portland yesterday. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted them. Nobody touched them. Outright. For the Pistons to go off at nine or nine and a half, like that's that's crazy talk. And it is whether they covered or not. You, you know, you just as the book, that's the only defense. Put up a number. F you if you want to lay it. Go ahead. That's the F you price. Good luck. And the Celtics, you know, on their defense, they keep covering. I don't know what you do with the Celtics. I keep saying it. I have no idea. Unreal. Quick tournament nugget from our friend Frankie, who Ooh. from SI Gambling. He sent me this today, wrote this story through a little uh little uh DM today and said, Hey, look what I uncovered. This is interesting. Last two years in the tournament. Now we missed a tournament. Okay, so it's the last two tournaments. Okay. The higher seed is eleven and five straight up, but only eight and eight ATS. Can you use that at all going into this weekend, when, Thursday, in Friday? The, in the Sweet 16? Right? Yes, Sweet 16. In, in this round, in, in Thursday, Friday, in the Sweet 16 round, last two tournaments, 11 and 5 or 8 and 8. Is it better to do money line parlays and take the higher seeds? Or is it better to try to grab some points here with dogs that may be getting big numbers? Uh, I mean, if you're asking me which one I would prefer, it would be to take the dogs and the points. Um, that's always kind of what I've done. I love this week. It's just, it's, it's so much fun. The games are so much fun and just more competitive. It feels like, so I would take the points, but you can do money line parlays. I mean, this is unique in the fact that we have a 12. Usually there's not big lines in this, you mm-hmm. know, it's usually six points or less. We got a couple games over seven. Um, Purdue's gigantic. 
12 and a half. But I mean, Gonzaga's nine and a half. Purdue, 12 and a half. Kansas, seven and a half. Seven. That one's coming down. That Providence game. I can't wait. I swear. If the luckiest team in America can win one more, <laughs> it's going to blow up. It's going to blow up the gambling Twitter universe. No, it's um, not. They'll just make excuses. There's no excuse. If if Providence beats Kansas, that's that that and the, you can put the LUCK talk away. That's it. They're officially a, somebody might have to give them credit and say they're a good basketball team. Maybe Ed Cool is a good coach. What do you want to do with this? Do you want to do? Would you? What are you more comfortable with? You know, money line parlays or taking points? It really depends upon the matchups. Like I don't like Purdue. I've seen this enough times. Switching venues is a big deal. Yep. And it's very different. It feels different. Everything about it is different. I've gone on runs with teams and the red hot. I was with Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa beats Kansas in the second round, gets to the Sweet 16. They take on Tennessee. They couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. It's So St. Peter's, I'm really concerned about St. Peter's being able to keep that game even like remotely close. Like they might get absolutely boat raced in that game. Gonzaga is a lot of points, man. That's a lot of points with Gonzaga, but they're so capable of doing it. It just... I'm more comfortable just saying that the higher seeds win, but I don't like having to win three games to win one bet. Like that's the problem to get any value on it. I got to do a three leg money line parlay. And even then I'm probably laying juice depending on the teams I pick. If you do the big ones. Yeah. But I mean, how about Houston in uh, Arizona? One and a half. I'd rather just, yeah, I'd rather just bet the money line period and go once and lose one. I'd rather not pair that with anything else. Right. Cause that's a coin flip. <laughs> like that's that game's a coin flip to me. And I think Arizona wins it, but I'm not positive because I thought watching the Arizona game as closely as I did, if TCU had a little bit better defensive and rebounding potential, which Houston does, I think TCU wins that game. Yeah. So that's my concern for if I'm an Arizona fan and I'm looking at that game, my big concern is Houston has got a couple of kids that more kid can straight up jump out of the gym. Like you're not going to jump over. They had jump over tip dunks like crazy in that second half. Yeah. Well, up on the rim, they went up, grabbed it, bang. You're not doing that to Houston. Houston is going to have guys who can get up there and jump with you. So that's my, that's my, will be my one concern about Arizona that if they're not, if they can't rebound and have second chance points the way they did against TCU, what does that do to their offense? It's tough. I don't know. I mean, as, as, Big as those other spreads are, Houston, Arizona's one, one and a half. Yep. Texas Tech Duke is one. Um, North Carolina, UCLA's two, two and a half. And Iowa State, Miami's two, two and a half. That's the game. That's the game I cannot figure out. Iowa State, Miami. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody can. I have Under. no idea. I lean, I lean Miami. Just because I, I I don't at some point Iowa State's not going to be able to score and it's going to come back and bite them, but I mean they're in the Sweet Sixteen. I I mean Miami's defense is really good. They played really well against Auburn. If they do that again against Iowa State, Iowa State might score thirty five points. <laughs> I'm serious. Like if, if Miami under. plays defense, yeah, it's an underplay. It's definitely an underplay. But look, what, what's the, it's like one thirty, right? One thirty three. Like slowest total of the weekend. That's a suffering sweat of a hell of a brutal 
masochistic moment to bet on the under in that game. You're going to be, it's a rock fight and you're going to be like looking at this and looking at the projection apps like crazy going, all right, they scored 25 points in the first 10 minutes. How does that equate to the rest of the game? Like, it's just going to be awful. Like it's just, you bet the game and don't watch it. Like if you bet the under, you just go for a walk, like bet the under and then <laughs> come back, come back in two hours. Like go, go do something and go like, all right, did I win my bet or not? Like you, you, you can't like, that's a suffering game to have to sit through. Ratings are going to suck for that game. Not you because think? of the, not because of the game, not because of the team names, because of the style of play. Can you imagine the big 12 can have three teams in the elite eight? Yeah, Texas I can. Tech, Kansas and Iowa State. That doesn't in. shock me. No, I mean, they were the best conference all year. Oh, and, boy. Here we go. Here come the SEC people. Come at us. Let's no, go. What it's are true. You I love the SEC this year. I mean, I thought you could have made a case for the SEC, but yep. they fell on their face. So, yep. I mean, the, the Big 12 going into the dance, I thought the Big 12 was the best conference top to bottom. But, I mean, I think that there are. You know, if the what if the Big East has two teams? What if there's two Big Twelve teams and two two Big East teams? Which is very possible. It is very possible. I think Nova's winning that game. It's I, I look Nova's got the one thing that Nova's got going for it that I think is very tough for Kansas folks to understand and deal with is that the experience factor for Nova is monster. These kids have won and won and won. Like all they know is winning. KU's got a bunch of kids. They throw them together every year. They play a year here, year there. They're one and done. Each other yet? What are you talking about? What? They're not playing each other yet. What do you mean the Kansas kids? No, I'm going to play Arizona if they win. Right. You had to to beat Kansas first, though. Villanova has to beat Michigan. Oh, I'm sorry. So I beat Michigan. Sorry. What am I thinking of? Province. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm conflating Province. Province. I'm conflating Province. But I I think Province could beat Kansas. And then. I think Nova's winning that game because I think Nova's beating Michigan. I don't think it's much of a question. I can't me. believe so. Here, you know, here's the question that I was asking someone else. Like, if before Michigan wins the two games and mm. gets to the Sweet 16, what would the line have been Villanova, Michigan? Because Seven. it was five. Right. It was five against Ohio State and came yeah. down. And, right. and we knew Ohio State wasn't going to score. Like, that was, that was my favorite play on yeah. Sunday. The line's the same. Like, I don't get it. I think right. if you're like Villanova, you got to play it now. I think that thing's on the move. Like you can lay five, or I mean, it's yeah. going up. But I'm surprised. I thought it. I thought it would be higher. I think the one angle is Dickerson. It's the post play for Michigan. Like there really isn't anybody on Nova's team that will match that. They're so guard heavy and so perimeter heavy that that might be the one difference maker for Michigan. Is that they've got the size and the rebounding edge. But if you make shots, it doesn't matter. So there's no rebounds if you make the shot. So that would be, that would be my one retort to like, okay, just make your shot, Nova. Like <laughs> hit, right. your th- hit your threes and let your guards go to work. I, I'd be very surprised if Nova's not in the Elite Eight. Very, very surprised. So then you got, it can, if Providence beats Kansas, Texas Tech beats Duke, Iowa State beats Miami, two Big East, two... SC, uh, two big 12 half, half the elite eight will be from those two conferences. So I, I've well. been, it would be, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I've, I, I've been singing the praises of the big East kind of all season. People have been kind of throwing cold water on the big East and I've been liking the cold. Why? I mean, I've just been watching it going like there's some really quality teams, but I also, like we talked about yesterday, we do put too much stock in this tournament. We do. Yes. 
We do, we do put too much stock in the pecking order of this tournament as to what does it justify? Because you can't, again, you can't argue it any other way. The justification, the winning of the argument comes down to, did you win? <laughs> if you won, then you can go, see, if you lost, it's a, you know, you can't throw any shade back and be like, well, what do you mean? And Big 12 can say, hey, we got three of the five teams, three of the eight teams are in the Elite Eight or from our conference. Yep. yep. What, do you, what do you say to that? <laughs> like, there's no real answer to that. It's like, uh, all right. All right. Yeah. Biggest, biggest must have been good. All right. Our props.com story of the day continues uh, as we love talking about everything coming down the pike. This is our first conversation, Dave, of the 2022 baseball season. Yes. Our props.com prop story of the day is about the National League MVP race. And Juan Soto is emerging as the betting favorite here. Do you think the Nationals are going to be any good? Nope. So is this a Mike Trout situation? If Juan Soto were to win the MVP, if he's on a 60-win baseball team, he wins the MVP because this drives me. It's why I picked this story. This drives me crazy. I believe I, I can't stand when the MVP is on a bad baseball team. Can't stand it. Drives me yeah. nuts. Yep. Drives me nuts. You are not Even the most valuable. The player. Best numbers. Doesn't matter. You're not the most valuable. Your team sucks. You're playing in meaningless baseball game. You're playing. Literally. You're playing in pickup baseball. It means nothing. No one cares. Whoa. Can't stand it. Drives me absolutely bonkers. <laughs> you should be on. There should be. I, if I was commissioner, I would change the rule that stated that if you're on a sub 500 baseball team, you cannot win MVP. Oh man, you're going to set a blaze. No, I've been saying this for years. This is nothing new. Oh, I know. No, we, we've had this, we've had this argument for years in baseball. I think um, Mookie Betts should have won the MVP in 2018 over Mike Trout. Mike Trout's team sucked. Mookie Betts was phenomenal. Mookie won the World Series, came in second place behind Mike Trout. I mean, Mike Trout didn't play. Mike Trout, Mike Trout didn't play in a meaningful baseball game. It was the middle of June was the last time he played in a game that meant anything. Very likely. To the yep. Angels. Yep. Middle of June. Mookie played in a pennant race. I, I mean, I, I like the argument you're making, but they don't vote it that way all the time. They don't because no, they're they definitely don't bet it that way all the time like people bet the best guy stats and i don't know but why don't we call it most outstanding then i mean you could you change the v change the name. because it's it, most valuable player we we you bastardize it when you just say it's the guy with the best stats because how how valuable is a guy on a team that's 50 games under 500 Nationals are going to be awful. They're going to be awful again. Um. Yeah, they're going to be bad. <laughs> they're going to be bad. It's going to be their division. That, the Braves are the defending champs. The Mets yeah. are really good. The Marlins have young talent. The Phillies. Don't forget the that. Phillies are going to be. I mean, we'll talk about the Phillies later in the yeah. week. I, I want to get your take. I. I. Philly win total of eighty-five and a half. Hmm. Phillies they're are the worst really, defensive team in baseball. <laughs> Does it really matter if you score ten runs a game? Nah, I mean, I mean <laughs> you got to still catch the ball. It's going to, they're going to give up a lot of runs because it cannot catch the ball. <laughs> yeah. And the bullpen still a problem. And the bullpen is still a problem. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not surprised that, you know, I mean, you have to put these things up and you put them up now based on how you're going to take the bets. You don't have to give away anything on Soto now. Mm -hmm. You know, I think this by putting him as one of the favorites, you leave yourself options because once the Nationals start to fade away and that narrative goes, you can actually raise him up and you might take more bets on him. But once he's already down there, that low is one of the favorites. He can't get hurt. So it makes perfect sense as far as, you know, odds making and taking bets on him. I don't know. He's fun to watch. I mean, people plus 280 at DraftKings for Juan Soto. Okay. Acuna Jr. plus 700. Okay. Bryce Harper plus 900. Who who won it last year, right? Correct. Uh Mookie Betts. This guy is 50 to one last year in March. Yep. Bryce Harper. I mean, into June. Yeah, it was a it was a, it was a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mookie plus nine hundred. Freddie Freeman, twelve to one. Oh, Trey Turner, thirteen to one. I'd let him bet all the Dodgers. Three How do you think one Dodger. Exactly, it's a problem. They're going to bastardize each other. Yeah, you can't. You can't let. You can let him bet all the Dodgers. Give him all. Tatis Junior needs to be off the board, but he's on the board, fourteen to one. And Matt Olson replacing. Freddie Freeman leaving the A's going to the Braves 20 to one. I mean, it's, I would look at somebody off the beaten path. I would, I, I wouldn't look at any one of those guys. I, I wouldn't there touch could any of those until May. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be, I, I think somebody oh. could come out of nowhere. Somebody could be, you know, resurgent. I mean, what happens if like you get one of, a player who isn't expected to have a huge year, but it's had huge years in the past, like a veteran steps up and does something big and gets off to a hot start. I don't know. I I would say look to 30 to one, 40 to one type of options yeah, for personally sure. right now. Low numbers right now. Come yeah. And I think we'll look around for a long shot for someone you think that could have like, you know, an unbelievable season. Like now that Correa is gone, you know, you, you start looking at, you know, the potential could Altuve have this like a ridiculous season and hit, you know, go 40 for 40 or something. Oh, no, I mean, that lineup is good. I mean, that's a huge hole to fill. Yes. Uh, you know, some guys may not see the pitches that they saw before without Correa behind them. Right. So I don't know. I wouldn't be in a hurry to take any of the Astros. Who's the best team in the American League right now? Um, I mean, well, sorry, I shouldn't have brought the Astros. We're talking about National League MVP, but right. Um, but that, I mean, I would look to take as far as MVP. You know, I I think you have more opportunities in the American League right now than the National League. <sighs> the story's about the National League, but I think there's more. There's more opportunity because I don't know who the best team in the American League is. I know who the best team in the National League is. It's the Dodgers. <laughs> Let's look at their win total, but it's it's the Dodgers. I so, think I may have to bet the Blue Jays to win the World Series. Hello, Chris Abbott. I think I might have to do that. Wow. I don't know. I really. Are they ready with the pitching staff? Yeah. I think it's good enough. Boy, it's going to be exciting up there. Ooh. I mean, Barrios, Gosman, Ryu. Oh. Manoa and Armano. How do you say Alex? Alex Manoa. Manoa, yeah. Yep. If, if Manoa can keep the ball in the ballpark oh, and if he can, can throw strikes. Starter in baseball. Are you kidding me? That was 100. 
I mean, he just can't. Sometimes he doesn't know where it goes. <laughs> it's just, uh, he can be the best four starter in baseball. They keep him off, happen to face one of the top three guys of the other road, uh, other part of the rotation. Like that's he's going to be excellent. He got great stuff, got that great makeup. Big, strong kid, you know, from West Virginia. He's oh, man. I mean, if Springer can just stay healthy, yeah. I, I mean, Guriel lower Springer, odds. They're the second choice in the American League. You know that. Yeah, they should be. I mean, it's. White Sox I, I first and Astros. Yeah, I'm same. fading the White Sox. And then, and then Blue Jays. I, yeah, I'm, I'm still fading the White Sox. I just, I can't. Oh, boy. Here to come the Chicago people. I just, do, do you think they win the World Series? Do you trust Chicago? I don't. I mean, don't they win that division again? I would hope so, but I don't know so. Twins may have something to say about it. The Twins could, I mean. Twins are definitely going to be better, but I don't know. Excuse me. Um, Race, Red Sox. Oh, you got to go down deep to find another team in that division. Detroit and Cleveland are just buried. Yeah, the bad. Twins are 65 to 1 to win the World Series right now. Jeez, they're low. Yeah, that's why. So, you you know, you have to make the odds really a lot lower on a team like the White Sox. Not because they're the Jays, such a favorite to win, because they're going to win their division most likely. Jays to win the East is what? They're favored, right? Jays to win the East division winners right now. I would guess them and the Yankees are the same. The same. Oh, FanDuel has plus two dollars on Toronto, plus two thirty on Tampa, and plus two fifty on the Yankees. So Red Sox favorite. are plus four fifty, and the Orioles are hilariously a hundred and fifty to one to win the division. <laughs> yeah, if anybody good. bets that, we really should stop them. Like, don't don't do that. Don't even. It's not even fun but, for the ticket. I just, I look, the American League East is going to be a whole lot of fun. Injuries will play a big part as to who comes out of the division and what yep. the teams look like. But I think when you look at Toronto right now, and this is what everyone's been waiting for in a lot of ways, like this is, this is the time, like this is now, here we go. Can we see Vlad win an, win an MVP, triple crown? You know, can we see Biggio? Can we see these kids start to really step into the spotlight and say, we can handle, we can dethrone the Yankees. Red Sox aren't going to push us around and we're just going to mash. I mean, Toronto's right-handed power. They look a lot like the Astros did when they won the whole thing. Like they don't have, they, they would probably be, in my opinion, I would love to see them at the trade deadline, grab a veteran starter that could take the ball, like in a game three, who's won a world series, who has the experience, who can kind of, shepherd them through the playoffs, but they're really going to be a tough team to face every game, every day. I think Rio's the key. If he don't have to be the one, if, you know, Barrios or Barrios, however you want to say it. Barrios, yeah. Be, yeah, if he can be the one. Um, Gosman's not the one? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. A lot of times when those guys have a really good year, when they really haven't had a good year, and you have to make him the number one in the American League in that division – I'd rather he be the number two. Yeah, fair. And then, you know, Ryu can be the best three starter in, in the American League. Manoa can be the best four. That would be monster. I mean, yeah, Ryu can't – he can't have a 4.370 ERA this no. year, though. He, he's no. got to stop that. He's got to he's got to get the, the ERA down. He gave up them home runs, man. 1.22 whip is way too high. Too many guys on base and gives up them. But Manoa was 9-2 and two with a 3.22 ERA. Like, that's where you need Ryu. You need him somewhere yeah. in that range. You get yep. him around that 1.05 whip. Okay. 
now yeah, we're talking. Now we're talking. Yep. Now we're talking. So, yeah. I mean, I'll be I'll be very curious to watch this Toronto team. Their bullpen is decent. You know, Our uh, baseball work starts this week after after the Sweet Sixteen and the Final Four. It really, you know, it started late because I was like, yeah, they're not going to play right away, and blah 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 blah. And now it's like, all right, and now guys are signing and changing everything, and like, here'd be a fun. Here's a fun bet. Who hits more home runs, the left side of the Red Sox infield or the left side of the Blue Jays infield? Chapman How do you and Bo- determine who that is. Chapman, Bo Bouchette versus Devers and Xander Bogarts. Huh. So last year, Chapman last year for the A's hit 27 home runs. Okay. And Bouchette hit 29 home runs. Okay. 56. Okay. So for the Red Sox, let's see the, the Red Sox last year. So that's what I say. 29, 27, 56. Yep. 56. So the Red Sox last year, Devers, uh, hit 38. 30? Oh, 38. Ooh. Yeah. He hit 38 yeah. last year and Bogarts yeah. last year hit 23, 38, 23, 61. So is it pick I don't know. I mean, I it would. It, I think it's a fun bet. I mean, I think Chapman's going to mash Is in that, that up, lineup, did man. You just, did you just make that up right now? I made it up. Can we I'm get a made... promo boost? Maybe we can do that. <laughs> BBB. Uh, BBB. Maybe BB, one day. BB, sure. Baseball well, prop that we can put that one of these up right books. now. But I think I'd I think actually it's... I'd make Toronto minus one twenty. The favorite. Yeah. How many home runs is Bo Bichette hitting this year? When you put a guy like Chapman in the middle of that lineup, the other guys get better pitches. Agreed. Not like not that's that. The, it helps the other guys. Like what does Trevor? What does Trevor Story do for the Red Sox then? Man, I don't know. I was sitting, <laughs> with, I was sitting with Towers yesterday at uh, at uh, Josh Towers at yep. uh, South Point. He was down on that whole thing. He was like, on, tra- Man, that's, on Story. Yeah, he said that's going to be a, a difficult transition. Uh, his numbers were pumped up because he was in Colorado, and he doesn't think he's going to make a big of an impact going to the American League and going to Fenway. Uh, I said, all right. Well, I mean, I can he's see 29 that. 29 years old. Yeah. I don't know if the home run numbers will, but the spray chart means he's going to pepper the wall like crazy. Right. He was one of the most aggressive pull hitters in baseball. Yeah. So, like, you got a right-handed power bat with a short porch in left field. With If he hits line drives, he doesn't need to hit home runs. Just hit line drives. Go be a double machine off the right. wall. And like we're talking about, he's going to get better pitches to hit because of who's around him. Where's he hitting the lineup? I, I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out like crazy. Most likely, I think they probably put him at six Ooh. would be my guess. But okay. I don't, I'm not entirely, it, it may be, it may be matchup dependent. Could be two. Could be I don't five, know. I don't, I don't know why I'm at two. Be, I mean, it could be all over the place. I, I have mean, no idea. KK is going to lead off. Okay. So you got Kike Hernandez betting first. You probably put Bobby Dalback betting second. Be my guess. And he swings and misses a lot. He know. does, but he's a, he's also a guy with a, with some pop. So you have, or maybe you wind up betting, or maybe you put Bogarts betting second, and you would put, you know, you could have Kike first, Bogarts second, Devers third, JD four, Dalback five. Story six, Verdugo seven, 
Uh, Vasquez, eight. And then Jackie Bradley, nine. It's not bad. It's that's a damn, that's a 90 win lineup. LeBron James, this just in on ESPN. I'm having literally having the time of my life right now, is yeah. what his quote was after yeah. they won. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I swear. Just whatever. Just ended already. You know, oh, he's yeah, just, yeah. he's just, he's not going to, he's not play for a long time. He's going to play to his 42, 43. Oh. He told you he's playing till his kid's going to get drafted to three years. So it's a while. Uh, all right. So one quick hockey one. Uh, Oilers avalanche last night. High level hockey. hockey game. High level hockey. Woo. Where are you on Edmonton to win the cup? Oh man, they're close. Like that. They, they got to get in. They got to get in. I think they can play with anybody. They're right there. Um, I just don't know. Like, I mean, Edmonton's such a shot. weird market. Edmonton, because of where it is in Canada, because most of the people in Canada live within, like, I think, I think it's 50 miles of the border. So Edmonton is like, <laughs> it's up. <laughs> so it's not, it's far. It's in the middle part of the country. It's not the huge, it's a big city, but it's not a huge city. Incredible talent, incredible history in hockey. But I think for American sports fans, Edmonton's a tough sell. It's a tough team to pay attention to. I don't think anyone will see them coming. If they oh, if, they, if they win the, it all, they got the best player in hockey. Correct, David. Correct. How much? How much is the average hockey fan watching Oiler games on a night to night basis? Oh, if they're, they're if they're not playing their team, they're not though. I mean, if they're yeah. not on TNT or they're not on the national game, yeah, um, they're, they're not, not watching, watching them play because of the times. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a hard time slot. But I mean, I went to Game Three there against the Hurricanes. Um, in the Stanley Cup Finals, it wow. was electric. It was. Why were you in Edmonton? So my buddy Barry, uh, who uh, ran the Nugget Valet, mm-hmm. is from Edmonton, and he used to come in every day. We used to spend lunch hour in his office out there, coming up with parlays and talking and stuff. And he has uh, he had a cousin that that worked for the Oilers, and he said, "If you guys come up, you know, we'll be able to get you tickets." So he came into the book and said, "The games." Um, two days from now, do you want to go? I texted Jess and said, I'm going to Edmonton for game three of the Stanley Cup finals with Barry. We'll be back in three days. And we went. It was awesome. And we bet the Oilers. We knew they were going to win. They won four nothing. It was one of the best bets I ever made. I had so much fun. <laughs> and since then, I have a soft spot for them. I actually I have an Oiler jersey, and I hated the Oilers growing up because so Gretzky, yeah, Gretzky <laughs> and those guys. I mean, like it was always Gretzky and Lemieux, and who's better? And there's no question that Mario Lemieux was the best player ever to play hockey. But he played with a lot of guys. He didn't get to play with Yari Curry and Glenn Anderson. He didn't play with a lot of guys. Was it cold up there when you went? Yeah, it was June and it was like, yeah, it wasn't great. It was, it was, I mean, it was June here and you know what it's like in June here. Yeah, yeah. We went there and I was like, oh my God, it felt like it was, you know, freezing winter. It was probably 45, 50 degrees. And it felt it's like just it was funny because my former co-host in, uh, in Iowa, a guy named Ken Miller, who, you know, yeah. is from Winnipeg. Oh, so it's a cold place. Ooh. So Ken used to drive. You can drive straight from essentially like, you know. Omaha North, just straight through Sioux City, Sioux Falls, to Fargo, to Grand Forks, right up to Winnipeg. Ooh, like it's man. just like a 
Drake oh, John. Drive. Ooh, wow. So he would drive oftentimes to go home. He'd drive home to Winnipeg. Damn. So I would start to like take a look at like Calgary is on kind of like the same longitude or latitude line rather. They're an but hour Ed- apart, Edmonton and Calgary. It's an hour north of Calgary. It's up there. <laughs> it's up there. It is flat as could be, too. Like they talk really? about the, the plains. Yeah. Man, there it is flat. It is really flat. Interesting. And, you know, um, yeah, because yeah, it, it, it would make sense though, because that's the Midwest of America. I mean, it's the same thing because it's on that side of the Rockies. Ooh. So it's to the east of the Rockies, and basically just the flat plains just keeps on going north. It just goes. So it's like the topography of Iowa and Nebraska just happens to be in Canada. Right. Yeah. It was great. I think they're live. I mean, they got to get in, you mm-hmm. know, and and you saw them last night. They can skate with anybody. If they get to goaltending, they're they're capable. We've seen eight seeds win the Stanley Cup. Um, all that being said, if they play the Avalanche in the first round, I don't know. That's <laughs> not a good matchup for them. All right, time for the uh, betprep.com prop of the day from props.com. So this has been missing now for a bit. Let's yeah. get a W here for these guys. Okay, we missed Friday. We missed on Monday. So last two shows, we've not capitalized on this. So as I always say on anything that we do, if we're cold, you can fade it and it makes you money. That's all. That's great. So we're just pointing out a bet. It's a bet you can make. The stats are heading towards betting on it. But if you want to bet against it because the picks are cold, not going to be angry with you at all. We're giving you the information. You can make your own pick. The bet prep uh, pick for the prop of the day Magic center Wendell Carter going over nine and a half rebounds. You can find this bet all over the place right now at minus 125, Rivers, Sugar House, 888, everywhere. The rationale is 10 or more rebounds in 10 of the last 12. He's averaging 11.7 per game during that 10, uh, 12 game stretch. 10 or more rebounds in eight of the last nine at home. 10 or more rebounds in, in all five of his last five games. After his team failed to cover, he's averaging 12.6 rebounds per game in those spots. And in the only game against the Warriors this season so far, Kendall, uh, sorry, Wendell Carter uh, grabbed uh, 12 boards against Golden State. The Warriors are giving up over 12 rebounds per game to opposing centers this season. I like this. I like this because of misses for the Warriors, tempo, a lot of possessions, a lot of deep threes. A lot of rebounding opportunities for centers and no real center because of the injuries to the Warriors. There's no one really inside to bang. How do you feel about over nine and a half rebounds? All sounds good to me, but I'll take one for the team and say I don't like it. So it actually mm-hmm. wins because every time I say I like it, it doesn't win. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be sitting in the book <laughs> betting it or, you know, booking it going, okay, it all makes sense. Um, I get nervous about these ones on bad teams. Like just, you just don't know what you're getting. The rebounds is different though. Cause rebounds is effort. I, I like it, is, but it's still random. Like these it is, but I like betting teams. rebounds on bad teams. I think bad teams, it's a safer bet than assists or points because oh, it's effort. Definitely. A, a, that's tough. One. I mean, look at last night. I mean, we, the, it was over five and a half. It made perfect sense to take, uh, to take DeRozan over, five or four and a half assists and he had one scored 26 points though. Yeah. He was really good. Bulls yep. won big, but 
only one assist. He wasn't in a passing mood. He was a scoring mood. So sometimes guys just don't like Steph Curry is like that. Sometimes, sometimes Steph just wants to score. Sometimes Steph wants to pass. And so it's difficult to predict. Yep. So you're going, no, you're going, I'm going, no. Yeah. Okay. I'll say yes. I like this one. I'll call over nine and a half rebounds. All right. Time now for better to book it. Here we Dave, go. I'm doing something new until baseball season starts. Oh boy. So what I am calling this little run, I am calling it two total Tuesday. Two total in, Tuesday. In two sports with two units in play. Oh boy. There's a lot of T's, twos, and okay. Multiple, okay. Two so I'm taking two Tuesday. units. Okay. I'm doing two totals in two sports every Tuesday until opening day. Okay. So we've got two starting. You starting in hockey or basketball today? Hockey. Let's go to the hockey page. Hockey first. We are going to play over six and a half goals for your Pittsburgh Penguins and the Columbus Blue Jackets. I got even money on this last night. Yep. Was like, um, Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Over six and a half. Betting it or booking. Penguins, Blue Jackets tonight. Betting. Columbus is just kind of a staple. Like, we're just kind of going to keep betting over maybe the rest of the way on their games. <laughs> we don't have to lay more than, you know, yep. 10 or 15. I think I think that's a pretty safe play. It's so. unbelievable how many goals. 20? 340 yes. on this game. Huge. Oh, boy. That's I'm probably going to need Pittsburgh to win the game, though. To be honest, like I'm probably yeah. going to need to go. I'm, I'm going to need a 5-2 Penguins win, most likely. Jackets can score. The problem with the Jackets, they give up 3.7 goals a game, and they score 3.3 goals a game. 3.7, 3.3 is adds up to 7. That's good. That's good. Yes. We're over 6.5. Okay. On average. Yeah. So we need an average game for Columbus. I like that. 4-3 loss to Pittsburgh, and we're cashing. But Perfect. it's still like... Six and a half. So I was like, okay. So we're going over six and a half. Yes. Bet number two in hockey. Mm. The Winnipeg Jets scored seven goals the last time they faced the the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, they won they seven did. to three. This number six. Uh, Have you seen the Knights play recently? So here's the thing: the Knights right. got shut out last night, three nothing. Did yes, against Minnesota. Did. Yes, they did. Tired legs, potentially. I think it's real likely we get like a 4-2 game here. And the Knights need to get rolling. The Jets give up goals, like a lot of goals. <coughs> they score a lot of goals, but they give up goals. Yep. I like the over, and at worst, I think I push with six. Betting or booking over six goals, Winnipeg and the Vegas Golden Knights. I can't believe right now I'm even going to say this out loud, but I actually like the under in this game, and it's a okay. Winnipeg game. I told you last, I told you yesterday I like the under, so this is good. So you were wrong. Yeah. You liked the over yesterday. I like the under. It went under. You yeah. like the under tonight. I like the over. So let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I like the under. Um, I just, I watched a lot of the Knights game. I would bet them not making the playoffs right now. Mm. Like, I just, I, I just, this is But not, they've won three or four, though. I know. So it's like, it's a, it's one of those things where that loss last night could hurt. I mean, losing to, to the wild, that's not wild losses, avalanche losses, like teams that they're measuring up against in the postseason. Those are kind of like, uh-oh. Winnipeg, this is a game they need. They got to win this game tonight. Yes. Yet they're it's a big minus game. 170. Like Winnipeg they're favored? Is minus 170. The Jets are favored? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Back to back, lost 3 nothing last night. Yeah. Did nothing at the trade deadline. I mean, I guess it did something. They traded up 
fourth line set, fourth line wing to Anaheim. So nothing didn't do anything. And they're still real. trying to figure out whether that's even allowed, well, right? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're trying to figure out that that would allow his contract. He, he had a, t- he, he had like 10 teams that he had a chance to say no to, I guess they chose to say no to. So, uh, okay. So those are the two hockey plays, the two basketball plays. Here we go. Bulls and the bucks total of two thirty three and a half. under two thirty three and a half for the bulls and the bucks tonight. Have you seen the numbers for the Bulls when it comes to their totals? It's crazy. The Bulls are an under machine this year in both games this year against these Bucks. One game went under by 42 points. Way under. Books have been overvaluing here. 233, the number is climbing. 233 and a half for Bucks and the Bulls. On the road, Chicago is 16, 18, and one to the over, under 500, 18 and 18 for Milwaukee. But against the division, against the division, get this the Bulls against their own division, 210 and one to the over. Milwaukee, three and nine. When they play divisional games, they play tight. They slow it down. They don't play tight. Betting or booking under 233 and a half. We'll bet this one. We'll bet this one. It's against the move, too, but that's fine. It's yep. against the move. Uh, we've gone eight. Sorry, we've gone seven of the last eight have gone under for the Bulls. Two of the last uh, two and eight to the over over the last 10 for the Ooh. Bulls. Yeah, they're on an under machine right now. Going back to uh, the 9th of February, yep. only only uh, four games have gone over for the Bulls. Wow. Yeah. Does it feel like they're like they can actually be a threat to win the East? I, I just I mean, don't they, see it. They whipped Toronto last night. Yeah, they did. That was a good game for them. But I, I just I, I watch them play, and I'm just like, eh, I don't know. And they keep accumulating wins, but I, I just don't I feel like they could beat a lot of teams in the series. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I like their makeup. And then the final game here on Better to Book It for our two total Tuesdays. Check the graphic because I don't. You, you put it in the rundown. You put the wrong number in the rundown. I did. Yeah, you put two fifty six and a half. I was like, definitely. Oh, that sorry, no, two twenty six and a half. Yeah, you fat fingered the, the two and the five. I was like, oh boy. Oh yeah, I did. Number. That's right. Sorry, it should be two twenty six and a half. Sorry, Matt. That's my bad. Under Ferris on it though. Two twenty six. Look at the kid right there. He's two twenty six and a half. Atlanta and New York. If you look at on the road, Atlanta sixteen and eighteen. Uh, the Knicks are seventeen, seventeen and one. But both these two teams over the last ten over games the- have been slow. <laughs> Four and six, five and five. Uh, six of the last eight for the Atlanta Hawks have gone under. For the Knicks, three of the last four have gone under, and five of the last six have gone under. It's a bad offensive team for Atlanta against an okay defensive team for the Knicks so far. The game they played at Atlanta, it was 214 and a half. It went over by 10 and a half points, which was kind of a little bit of a surprise. This number now is a lot higher at 226 and a half. How do we feel about under 226 and a half for Hawks next tonight. Betting and booking. I'm, I'm saying it's going to go over the total. Over the. Over the total. Over, over the. 
over the total. Yeah, you like so the I'll, over? I'll, I'll book this one. I think this one goes over to. We should ask the dog. Both games. Both ask games. Ask the dog. The dog needs to get on the oh, show. Right? Can you hear the dog? Sorry, people are. Some someone just came in the house. So that's okay. Chaos. Both games played. Both teams played last night. Both games went under. Right. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. They played. Sorry, they played two nights ago. Excuse me. Both teams played two nights ago. Uh, the Hawks played at home against New Orleans, two thirty-five, went under by six, and against Utah. Uh, two twenty-four and a half went under by twenty-three points. Last two games, by the way, two twenty-four and two twenty-five for the Knicks, under by twenty-eight and a half points, under by twenty-three points. Knicks are a complete and utter disaster. They can't score. They don't even look like they're trying to. They, they miss so many score. shots. They I mean they give Rand a little ball over and over. He just throws it up and RJ Barrett. Know. If you see RJ Barrett props get over twenty-four points, bet the under. Oh, really? Right now, yeah, he's not scoring at all. He's not hitting shots. He's not going. I've, I've bet it twice so far, and he's, I've, I've hit it twice. Okay. With Barrett, Barrett, RJ, RJ, Barrett going under on 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 points. Down here, stretching my hand out right. Now. <laughs> I'm gonna increase my hands. <laughs> Get your hand stretching on this. All right. Favorite thing about today is what? Favorite thing about today is that I gotta go pick up the car. There's nothing mm. worse than car troubles, and like mm. you haven't figured out. I used to do it. You know, when you lease a car, you just Kind of bring it in. You never have to deal with maintenance. And like you got to figure it out. You get a new car all the time. And all I understand why people buy cars. I really do. It's the same. Yeah. I, I understand the principle of ownership, but I oh. figured out at a young age that I did not like owning things. I like to use them and give them back. Right. It's kind of a weird thing in my brain. It's kind of how my, my, my brain works. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, you're paying for somebody else to get the equity in the house or someone to get the equity in the car. And yep. I'm fine with all that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I'm a hundred percent okay yep. with all those things because I get to walk. I like my ability to walk. I wish I could walk today because well, I'm waiting that's for the a point. call and I'm like, oh, here it comes. Because they find five more things wrong. Oh, that's the I'm problem. dreading it. I'm dreading yeah. it. Crystal's hey, your rotors are dead, by the way. Yep. So you need yep. you need brake pads, but now you need yep. the rotors. Your calipers are also going to be burned out. So we need to replace the calipers. Or if you don't do that, then you're going to be right back in here because the calipers are going to burn your pads really fast. Yep. And oh, the brake line also, you got to be a little careful. You got to flush the brake line because you have some fluid b- build what up the in hell? there. So. Did you work in a service department at a dealership too? I mean, like you really I you do just an got the whole damn thing right there. I do an automotive podcast. You don't, you just, I, I've just never you just talked to you. just gave me the script they give me every time I go in. <laughs> yes. That's some bullshit right there. I told you, I, I just don't talk to you about automotive stuff. I know a lot more than you know. Like I told you yesterday, we're looking at, we're looking at that Nissan Titan with low profile tires. I was going crazy. I was like, if it, crazy I was like, I, if my Nissan people actually saw the fact that this dude put low profile tires on the Titan, they'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Like the vehicle is not designed for low profile tires. Like that ride's probably so rough to be on low. Pro- it looks cool. But it's so rough because that's an off-roading vehicle. The Titan was built to go off-roading, not have low-profile tires. You but I know more road. about vehicles than I ever tell you because I just don't think you give a shit. So why talk about I it? I 100% <laughs> do not. You are absolutely right. right. So then like, I, what's the point? You were starting to go off about the tires. And I was more concerned with that guy blowing all that stuff <laughs> off the car. He blew it all on my face. I've been sneezing for 24 <laughs> hours. I wanted to go over and say, hey, you know, amigo, no. Stop. <laughs> but you blew it all right in my face. I got in the car, couldn't see nothing. I was sneezing for 10 minutes. I was like, man, he got me. I was so mad. Oh, but yeah, that's, that's the so, best thing about today. Yeah. I'm going to go pick up my car and find out how much it costs. I'm gonna, I oh, got to bet the over. Oh, every time. No debate. None. Sucks. There's such an, like when I was in Houston, so 
I did this automotive show, this guy, Mike Herzing, who I've been doing this now for six years. Mike and I have been doing automotive stuff together. So he's the former head of the Texas Auto, Auto Rider Association, knows everybody. Okay. I never got taken advantage of by anyone in Houston because chances are he knew the guy or he knew a guy who knew the guy who ran the shop. So if we had any issues, it was just like, okay, I got your guy. Take him in here. Go ahead. We'll figure it out. It'll all, it'll all be good. We'll, we'll handle it for you. So here in Vegas, it's been a little bit of an adjustment over the last six years. If I, if I ever do have, you did it again. Two overdose over on the show. <laughs> We're going to bet one and a half overdose every day. Go ahead. Give your shirt over to, um, I just, I've like had like not the same, like ability, but I'll call Mike and be like, Hey, so no, but no, I'm not even kidding you. I could say it's for real. If you have any questions, Mike will take your phone call in two seconds and walk you through it. He knows literally everything about cars. So he'll tell you whether it's legitimate or not. If they come at you with a crazy bill, because the car, the problem with dealerships is that they love you to be in there because they like to see where the vehicle is, but they also have sometimes motives that are not ideal. That's where they make their, that's where they make their money. They they don't make their money from selling cars. They make their money from fixing cars. So the service department is a very big part of the bottom line of any dealership. So it can be a little pricey at times and be a little bit like, you don't really need that right now, but they're telling you that you really need that right now. But you could go get that done somewhere else. Maybe just want the truth. It's all I want when I go to a place. Just give me the truth. But they don't want to tell you the truth. The truth is that they don't need to do half the stuff that they want to do. <laughs> like they just want to, they want to fix it because it's hard to work of due kids. diligence, I don't right? Care for me, I just want it to work for the kids. When your right. kids start driving, it got to be right. Of course, you know, safe. You got to be careful yeah. with it. Yes, hundred percent. Right. It's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, for me, my favorite thing about today is that I get to go. I don't like going to the accountant, but I like getting it done. I like closing years up. Just like, okay. So today is the meeting with the accountant to go and clo- <laughs> close the year up. Yeah. And I oftentimes, I don't know how you do it, but I kind of just walk up and just like drop it down. I just go like here, <laughs> like here's all my stuff. I print it out. Here's all the W2s. Tell me what I got to do. I'll see you in a couple of weeks and and, yep. and, and be done with it. Yep. But it's, it's, I always like to kind of look back and, you know, they always have the files like this is last year. This is the year before this is the yep. year before. So you can kind of go through and kind of look at the progression and go, okay, so I did that then and this now and like, okay, so you can kind of watch your, your progress. It's kind of like when you're, when you're working out and you get bigger weight, you kind of see where the climbs and the growths have been or when the dips have been and where the yeah. problems you got to look at and like, Hey, you know, in 2015, you did this in 2020 you did that. So what about what's happening? Where are you going to be in five years and type of thing? So I, I like that kind of check mark of, where we are. I do mine. I, I get a, a, an organizer through the mail and I've yeah. been with the same guy. He did my dad's and this is how these things work. I mean, he's sure. still in Pittsburgh and he's getting old. He may retire, Uh-oh. but he sends me this thing and I've been writing in there. You know, he writes, what do you plan for next year? I always, uh-huh. I always wrote, I hope to have a new job. And he <laughs> said, do you plan to own a house? Cause I never did. And I was, uh-huh. I would always write, Hope to own a house. Yes, hopefully that'll change. When we got a third kid, it was like, I always wrote, we're done with kids. We're done with, oh, we're having a third kid. I was more dependent. <laughs> like the notes that I've written this guy have been priceless. That's great. And now all of my stuff has come true. I got the new job. I actually have a house. Look at you, Oprah. Look at you. I ain't having no more kids. Speak I can it into that existence. Right now, that's locked up. I ain't having no more kids. I'm okay. done with that shit. Good for you. Me and you both. <laughs> I'm 44. I'm done. I'd won. That's all I want. 
No more. No more kids. Run I down. was 44 when we had candle. Where you were? Oh, geez. There's wood. I need wood somewhere desperately. No, no, no. <laughs> no more kids for me, please. No, no, no. All right, guys. We'll be back coming up tomorrow on a Wednesday. Do us a favor. If you are on TikTok, if you are on Instagram, at BetProps, go and hit subscribe. Go watch a couple of the videos. We popped up the prop of the day. We got a new thing going called... Uh, Eric is calling it BVB shorts. So oh, yeah. short little videos from the show and you can Ready keep missed, missed up on it. So we'll keep us a little, you know, populating in there. Patrick Everson will have some videos during Thursday and Friday for the tournaments as we get rocking and rolling, coming back. I'll have plays tomorrow. I will bet the games on Thursday tomorrow. Cause I, I don't want to, I want to bet it on Wednesday. I don't want to wait. So I want to be a little bit ahead of the total rush of the public, but we'll get into some tournament games coming up tomorrow for sure. And maybe even a guest coming on the show tomorrow. He's Dave. I'm Matt back tomorrow for another episode of the Bostonian versus the book.